0: Hey guys, welcome to the challenge podcast. I'm coach Steve
1: and I'm coach Nick, and we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge.
0: Let's get on with the show. What's up guys coach Steve here. And welcome back to another episode of the challenge weekly show in today's episode, I'm joined with our co-host coach Nick, Nick, how are we doing today?
1: I'm really good. Thanks coach Steve. What is going on?
0: Nick, look, all the things are going on. My life motto right now, take it one day at a time. But in the challenge, it's an exciting time, like always. We're in week seven of the challenge. And I like week seven because if you add a T to seven, you make Steven. So it's oh, my true. week. It's my week, week seven.
1: That's true. Um,
0: Now we're getting lots of uh, uh, changes and progression in the challenge at this time of the challenge, and there are some individuals out there that are uh, having their own challenges with progress, and if this is you, if you're having some challenges with maybe weight loss or muscle gaining goals or maybe some challenges with uh, logistical considerations, like getting to the gym or environmental stuff. Like, you know, you've got the bowl of uh, sweets in front of you every day at home because you, that's, that's the environment you, you have. Um, or maybe like motivational challenges, like, you know, things are just getting challenging. Stick through this episode. It's gonna be a great episode. And if you haven't already, go check out the other 105 different episodes, Nick, because this is episode number 106. Gosh, there's yeah. hours and hours of content on the Challenge Weekly Show.
1: That's so insane.
0: But Nick, tell me, how is your training going?
1: All right. So I'll give you some numbers. So numbers. Ooh, like numbers. you like the safety squat bar, don't you? You love it.
0: I do. I do. Yeah. Well, it, it, it does depend on the angle because it's got the bar and then, you know, the, the handles of it, but then mm. the weight angle can, can change it. So it needs to have a nice quality um, safety bar. Some of them are just weird angles and it doesn't work well. But to tell me, how's the, how's the old safety bar going?
1: Well, my safety bars at 110 kilos now, um, nicely for for reps. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, like, it, it's obviously just a number, and mm-hmm. but I just think I don't know how it translates really even to normal. But I'm just saying it, it's not easy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I love it. And uh, yeah, so between that and the hack squat, we're we're living our best lives.
0: No, I love that. I love that. Well, uh, from a um, biomechanics slash applied anatomy point of view, the safety bar squat puts the load, the weights, in front of your body. So mm-hmm. it replicates a front squat really mm. well. So if you just dislike front squats, hate them with a passion, um, but your gym or you have access to a safety bar, uh, easy way to swap, cause you could load it really comfortably, get that load in front of your body. And what you may find is that when you squat with a safety bar or with a front squat or with load in front of you, it helps you to keep your torso upright. So when your mm-hmm. torso is more vertical, um, then you can get the, the knees more over the toes. And then the load is transferred more into the quadriceps. So for most of us to front squat, something like 110 kilos can be quite, quite challenging, quite tough, quite uncomfortable. But then Nick, if you would put that 110 kilos on a safety bar, get that load in front of you, that's a really juicy stimulus to the quadriceps.
1: Yeah, well, my quads are, are juicy. They're looking juicy.
0: So, juicy with a G, hey.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're we're happy about that, and uh, yeah, life is looking good for me in terms of all of that, and I'm quite happy to say that because I've been working bloody hard. So um, I'm feeling good. It's all good. Everything. It's not not good.
0: It's not not good. I like that double negative. Yeah. Uh, Nick did you have plans to compete in season B this year is that right yes
1: correct yeah. i i have um i've got plans and the best thing is this is the first time ever 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 that any that people have asked me if i'm competing soon or anything like that because i've i've kept it all i've kept it good like not good or bad there's no good or bad but i think something's happened within me where i, I must just have that great balance finally where i can eat enough to sustain great training, but still stay lean. It's taken me a long time. So I've earned this. This is a process. I mean, this is hundred percent, like maybe like 12 years. So it's a long time of work, but so I'm feeling really good. I'm picking out bikini colors, um, picking out shows to do. And um, it's yeah, it's really, it's all good. And I've, I've even purchased a little journal because I'm going to, I don't know if you'll like this because it's not on the computer. It's going to be handwritten, but I'm going to just write daily what I need to do and um, also just design my costumes or whatever I want to do just in the journal because I'm a very, I'm a tactile person. So I'm going to see how that works out for me.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love a good analog Mm. approach, even though we're Mm. in the digital world. Um, But yeah, I think that can go a really long way, huh?
1: Mm, I think so because for me if I can I feel like it's one day at a time so if I can tick off that I've done everything one day at a time in my little book um that's the way I want to do it I sound so I sound so old I sound like I'm going to ask you in a minute for the pdfs of the (laughs) the, the plan no I still love I love my phone and everything but I feel like my phone is is so engaged in other tasks that if I can make this a little bit separate and a bit fun like a writerly exercise, then it might be really cool as well. So I'm kind of at that point, which is really awesome where I get to play around with the process a little bit.
0: Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Especially reflecting on that, uh, like, like, Biopsychosocial approach to fitness like yeah we're talking lots about numbers what we lift in the gym uh you know numbers in trying to define energy intake in the uh, with our nutritional approaches but that biopsychosocial part of fitness where we're looking at things like um our, our our motivation our our stress um our livelihood our environment every part of our life and how that correlates to physique goals, and I think that's very specific to what you're doing, physique goals. I'm about to get up on stage, I'm gonna have my body judged who has the best body on stage um not not too different from the challenge the challenge primarily comparing the start and the end photo it's not a it's not a beauty competition it's not who has the best abs or the biggest shoulders it's a transformation competition um but you know that aspect of physique development is more than just uh training and nutrition it's it's, it's about you know our our mindset is is a simple way to think about it but it is you know the the thoughts that we have in our head how we view ourselves how we view this thing we're trying to do and how much um locus of control you think you have on your life and that could start by just having a journal start by writing things down and you might find that hey you have more control in the things in your life than you think you do
1: yeah definitely and i reckon for anybody who's a bit of a seasoned challenger i think every time if you do a new challenge um new things will come up for you. So you sort of level up every time. So maybe the first time I did this sort of stuff, I was I was worried about whether I'd make it. And then the next time it was like trying to beat the previous one, but then getting a bit too caught up in that. And then, um, you know, wanting to, letting sort of ego get in the way where not ego as in up myself, but just everything that sort of th- that entails. So, so many different phases. So I reckon if if the people who are quite experienced at the challenge listening to this they might be able to relate a little bit to that like what challenge have you focused on for for what bit until you finally become whole I don't know when that happens
0: (laughs) no I hear you I think uh every challenge and challenger has their own unique challenges there you go Mm. challenge a few times in a sentence there um and look like take it in contrast to my experience over the past week Nick so um you know dad life my two boys um, one is unwell, still daycare germs. The other one um, is I don't know, going through like a sleep regression right now. Waking yeah. up every two hours or so in the night, and wanting to try to roll over. I think he's trying to learn how to completely roll over while he's sleeping. It's just mm-hmm. it's not it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mixture of being um, sleep deprived with a, a sick child and my my eldest, who's a year and a half, still not like. Uh, communicating properly. So his only way to communicate is to scream or to cry. So uh, my day is filled with uh, a screaming sick child over the past week, and then barely getting some sleep through the night. So that has affected my training. Now, is that going to derail me? No. Is that going to make me give up on this thing? No, it's just a challenge that I need to overcome right now. And it's something that is quite unique to this time point. You know, last week, the week before, wasn't as big as of an, of an issue a month ago, two months ago, not a big of an issue. One, two, three years ago, it didn't even exist, right? So um, every time in our life, we have our unique challenges, and I guess it's um, you know how we approach those things, and then how we view it. You know, the lens that we view it as. As it's, we can either think, hey, that's it, game over, I'm just going to stop doing this, or we think, hey, it's a little bit tough right now, I'm going to have to tighten the belt a little bit, and and and. Bring it together. Maybe adjust my training accordingly. Hey, I'm not going to max out this week. Maybe I I can't because I'm tired, right? Um, but it's all about the steps that we take to keep on going.
1: Mm, definitely. So I hope everybody's listening to this and getting on with it. That's getting on we with it. Do. That's
0: right, Nick. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to our next segment here. We have the community highlights, where we highlight some members of our community. So Nick, take us away. Who would you like to highlight this week?
1: All right, first up I've got Sarah Pepper. So she is in the Time for Weekly Wins. What was your win this week section in our Facebook group? Don't forget to go check that out. And Sarah says, did my jeans up, couldn't even get them past my mid thighs at the beginning of the challenge. So that's pretty epic. That's awesome. I mean, jeans don't lie. Even if they're stretchy jeans, honestly, if to to be able to go from not even be able to, to, to get them up to the whole way, that's amazing. Good on you, Sarah. Ridiculously yeah, that's, good.
0: That's so good. That's so good. And uh you're right, like jeans, even if you have the stretchy ones, like you, you can, you can tell. Um, and for many um, you know, women are there, we do hold a lot of body weight around our hips and thighs. And that might be the first area where we start to see changes is around those areas. So congratulations, Sarah. That's massive.
1: Well done, Sarah. Next one is Damo Burnt. So Damo says, Got up today, not feeling it, still pushed myself to go to the gym. One and a half hours later, and I've had one of the best workouts. Even managed to get my shoulder press up to eighty kilos, and got a fist bump from a stranger. Wow! The day, like especially, imagine if Damo, imagine if you hadn't have gone and you'd have missed out on all of that. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's massive. And even just think about numbers, like me doing an overhead press at eighty kilos, maybe with a barbell. Oh gosh, that that's that's a real challenge. Um, I I don't think I'd be able to do that right now. So geez, Damo, kicking goals, mate.
1: Yeah. I don't know how he, yeah, 80 kilos is insane. That's really good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Next one. Michelle Sue, uh, after losing the couple of kilos I wanted, I had to decide if I wanted to struggle to lose a couple more or start lifting heavy and feeling strong again. I chose strong lifting heavy as before within two weeks, feeling much stronger physique, almost back to where I was before. So can only get better from here. I felt like the journey back would take forever. 3am wake-ups, meal prep for two weeks at a time, eating the same thing for breakfast and lunch every single day works for me. I don't share on here usually. I'm happily focusing on my own journey and just following other progress, how others progress. However, I wanted to share what the body is capable of in the long term. The long term, the long game has the best gains. Oh, there you go. There's a little saying for you. Coach Steve, you like your sayings?
0: Yeah, so good. The long game has the best gains. Whew. Michelle with the goods.
1: Mm. And I love the way that Michelle understands that she's in control of where she wants to be. Ultimately, we can advise all sorts of things, but you need to know where you're at with your physique and where you want to be.
0: That's right. I love the the start of her uh, little post here where she says, you know, I I had a a tough time deciding, you know, if I wanted to lose some weight and losing a couple of kilos. And then she decided Uh, that she wanted to be strong instead so she's made that shift of instead of focusing on primarily weight loss goals she's focused on becoming stronger and she might find that her physique develops better through that pathway so uh, that's awesome michelle
1: yeah absolutely focusing on those sorts of numbers are awesome to focus on um for some time rather than scale numbers as well you know it's just it's great to to just have that in your arsenal so good on you michelle
0: so good Nick, I've got a couple I'd like to highlight today. The first one goes out to Tammy Thomas and Tammy's been really active on our Facebook social hub, which is awesome to see. And Tammy writes, playing catch up today and super proud that I have completed every weight session and gotten my 10,000 plus steps done every single day. And she used a little weightlifter emoji. This old gal is on a mission. I have a long way to go with three O's, a long way to go to reach my end goal, but taking it one day, one week, one step at a time. Whoa, Tammy, congratulations on meeting your goals. And I think she's really taken on uh, that idea of, you know, taking it one day at a time, one, one week at a time, one step at a time. So congratulations, Tammy.
1: Absolutely. That's all you can do. That's the way to do it. Go, Tammy, keep going.
0: Uh, the next one here goes out to Candace E. Burrow. Candace writes, Today's win a fellow gym member asking if I've lost weight. They obviously are my new favorite person. Oh, and very similar to Damo, Candace is getting um, a, a positive comment in the gym, which is just a, a win. So congratulations, Candace.
1: Oh, that's really, really, really good. Um, you know, anytime that somebody recognizes what you're doing. You know how they say it, it takes, I can't remember exactly, but it's like it takes four weeks for you to notice and then eight weeks for someone else to notice, something along those lines. So um, you're at that point, Candace. Good on you.
0: Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, and then, Nick, the last one here is a little bit of uh, post-comment inception. Uh, so this was a comment on Candace's post, okay? So this comment was from Margie Tolcher. And Margie writes... That's so good in reply to Candice's post. I had my earbuds in listening to music today. Um, I was doing my second rep of bicep curls with the bar. I got to 10 and I was about to ease up. Then I heard someone call out, five more reps. I took my mm-hmm. earbud out and it was the guy next to me. I mentioned my arms were burning at this point And he's like, I noticed and said, that's why I said five more lol. I finished mm-hmm. the reps. It's nice when strangers motivate you too. Ooh, uh, so I like this similar uh, theme to Demo, Candice, and now Margie, um, you know, really leaning on community uh, and that community in the gym. So, um, you know, myself, I'm training in a home gym, Nick, Um, Training sometimes in a home gym, sometimes in a commercial gym. But I think the power of a commercial gym, especially that right community, um, can be really positive and uplifting. Where you know, maybe there is some positive comments coming out there, or maybe some motivation, inspiration out there. And it seems like Damo, Candice, and Margie are experiencing that.
1: Absolutely, I love it. I love it. It's so
0: good. So good. Nick, let's move on to our final segment here today. We have the question and answer segment okay so first question here comes from david and david writes hi guys i successfully completed the six week challenge a few months back and even made it into the top 50 and top 10 for the people's choice and had plenty of motivation and done everything all right this time around i just can't seem to get back on track or focused i'm always feeling fatigued do you have any recommendations on what i could try to get on what i could try to get back on track thanks david Hmm. Nick what advice would you have for David?
1: Well David firstly after achieving a big goal such as the top 50 and then top 10 for people's choice sometimes it can in your mind you won't even know this has happened but it can make you feel like something's over unless you've reset an actual new specific measurable and accountable goal that you can then strive for so have you taken the time to think about what your new goal is because when you say back on track or focused, focused on what? And I know it sounds silly because people will go, oh, what do you think, Coach Nick, weight loss? Well, it might not be that anymore for David. David might be now needing to uh, switch his program up and maybe look at gaining some muscle. Um, Also, the other thing that happens when you finish something like that, specifically if you are going into a muscle gaining phase, you may not get the recognition that is happening in the the previous, what, what, what we were just talking about, the, the positive reinforcement. So therefore, um, if you're relying on that sort of external um, motivation, that might not be coming your way as well, which can feel like a bit of a grind if you're not used to it. So um, I personally think to get back on track, not that there's an on or off track, but I feel like for you to refocus I would suggest writing down what you want to achieve for the next, let's say, six weeks or so um, that that are left. There's five weeks or, yeah, around about that time and beyond. Uh, Are you aiming for higher than the top 50? Is that your aim? Are you aiming to take some time to build and then come back and smash and win the challenge? Um, I think it's really important for you to reinvigorate yourself David as to what it is that you want because I can sit here and recommend I can say to you to get back on track what what people normally do is so a trait of a champion would be where they would never see themselves necessarily as as off the track, they're always on the track, but they're on a certain path. So are you feeling like your path is something that isn't inspiring you at the moment? Um, it's Usually if we, we can't get back on track or focus, just because somewhere underneath it all, we're not inspired by what we're doing. It doesn't really resonate with us. So I suggest that you go back, have a look at it sounds bit corny but have a look at if your values have changed so say for example just say when you first started that challenge maybe your priority was health and fitness and then you started to feel healthier and fitter and maybe something else took over like work or family and those things shift so write down all your values write down your number one priorities and then see how you can align your new regime or your current regime with those values that's the only way that you're going to get through because if it's contradicting then you will feel fatigue i mean other than like we can say mental fatigue but if you're feeling physical fatigue you might also just need to up your calories a little bit have a diet break if you haven't that's the other thing i don't know maybe you've just kept going and going and maybe your body is hungry there's so many different things (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my 10 cents I was going to say was to lean on that final point that you made, Nick, where David says that, you know, he's always feeling fatigued mm. and that could be that you're experiencing diet fatigue. Mm. Or maybe, maybe you're just like going too hard, right? If you're trying to train, you know, seven days a week, plus do, you know, 20,000 steps a day, plus you're trying to diet. Hey, yeah, of course you're, of course you're tired. Of course you're fatigued. Of course you've lost motivation because you're just kind of going too hard. And if you've done the challenge you know, a few months ago and maybe you continued on a little bit on the side and all, all that yeah you may you may benefit just from a, a little bit of time away i'm talking maybe like a weekend where you know maybe you don't track your food or maybe you um, have a little bit of date a, a a break from the diet plan that you have or maybe you step away from the gym or training for for a couple of days and you may find that that fire gets lit in your belly again being like yeah okay i feel better now um, because i'm i'm well rested um and then beyond that, of course, we can lean on that fatigue a little bit more, being like, okay, well, why are you fatigued? You know, are you are you sleeping well? Are you stressed? Are you drinking enough water? Like, do you need to visit like a GP and and have a, a few more further testing done to try to figure out why we're feeling fatigued? So there might be a little bit more going on here.
1: Yeah. And one more thing also where where he says, I successfully completed the six week challenge. I know that it does have an end date. But in terms of your fitness and health, I don't want you to think of it as being an end. So that's the other thing, just in your mind, you, you know, when, if you complete say a marathon, you know, you don't want to go and do another one. So try and think of it as a long, long journey where you might walk a little bit and then you might start running again, but there's no finish line. And that might scare some people, but there is no finish line.
0: Yeah. The moving goalposts is can be intimidating. But it's also inspiring you know hey, well, it's life,
1: life. Yeah, yeah life is like that it, it doesn't really have there's endless stuff so just add this into your endless stuff
0: it's the endless stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right Nick. next question here comes from melissa melissa writes hi just a silly question is it better to do all three sets of one exercise before moving on to the next i admit that i've been bunching mine into a set of two and a set of three uh, it's just occurred to me that perhaps the muscle groups would be better trained concentrating on one group at a time. Thank you in advance. Um, okay, Melissa, um, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what you mean by I admit that I've been bunching mine to a set of two and three. Um, I'm going to assume that maybe you're talking about like maybe supersets or cluster set or maybe like a, a circuit type thing, for example. Oh. Yeah, right?
1: I know what she means. She'd be like yeah. one set of squats and then moving on.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm gonna assume yeah. that she implied. Uh, you know, maybe she has three or four exercise, or oh, let's say two or three exercises on her program that she would do like, yeah, like a, a superset or like a, a a group of one set, one set, one set mm-hmm. before she um does a second set of each exercise. It's, um so uh now <clears throat> here's the deal, Melissa. The the best way to approach um resistance training for muscle growth is to follow uh like an idea of straight sets where you complete um all the sets of an exercise you complete that exercise and then you move on to the next exercise um so for example if you've got you know a lower body day you've got squats you've got lunges and then you've got leg extensions for example you want to do all the sets of squats pack up the squats swipe your hands clean the squats and then you move on to the next set of exercise which would be the lunges you do all your sets of lunges and then you pack up the lunges finish the lunges and then you move on to the leg extensions. Mm -hmm. Uh, the reason why is, um, firstly, like you've mentioned, Melissa, is that concentration effect. Um, when we complete back-to-back sets, we do a little bit of like patterning, a little bit of, um, practice with that exercise. So let's say squats. You know, the first set, you might be able to train to a certain level of effort, maybe like an eight out of 10. Then the second set, you know, you've kind of, uh, Completed another practice set, you're a little bit more warmed up, a little bit more focused. You may find that second set, you're a little bit more focused and that you can get a better quad um, pump, mind muscle connection. And then the third set, you've even more practiced. You may find that that third set of quads, uh, squats really challenge the quads even more. So, and you get this really crazy pump afterwards. So, by practicing it, completing those three sets, tick, 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 we get a better stimulus. Beyond that, Diving a little bit deeper into like the physiology stuff, Um, you know, when we challenge a muscle, uh, the closer we um, compress the training to that muscle, we start to recruit higher threshold units, which is a fancy way to say that we start to challenge more and more of the muscle. So, for example, you may find the first set of exercise challenges, argument's sake, um, you know, 25% of the muscle. And then the second set of exercise challenges, like 35% 35% of the muscle, you know, adding on to the 25. And then the final set of the the, the squats back to back with each other challenges the rest of the muscle. And we get closer to 100% of r- recruiting all the muscle fibers. So it's best to complete straight sets. Um, and then beyond that, for logistical reasons, you know, imagine going to a gym and then trying to set up four or five exercises, making sure nobody else touches your exercises, that you can run around in circuits to complete them. It can be challenging, it can be tricky, especially when we're talking about bigger exercises like Hey, I've got squats. I need the squat rack. I've got leg press. I need the leg press machine and I need the leg extension machine. No one else in the gym touched those bits of equipment because I need them because I'm doing back-to-back sets. So logistically, it makes sense. We just do it straight, simple, focus on one thing at a time.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> mm.
0: Nick, next question here comes from a Rochelle. Rochelle asks, been thinking about abs recently and was curious. So many successful challenges have abs to die for However, I haven't seen much in the way of specific ab exercises in the training. I can feel my abs working in many of the exercises on the program, but I don't wake up the next day with sore abs like I do other body parts. Would it be fair to say abs will pop if I shred enough fat and follow follow the training program or should I be doing additional targeted exercises? Nick, what advice do you have for Rochelle?
1: Hi, Rochelle. So I think um it would be fair to say that that but I I must say a disclaimer, some people it doesn't really matter how lean they get, they're they're not going to show a full six-pack. It's just the way it's similar to other body parts. We kind of we we glorify abs because that's just the way that the industry is, but even say some people get more definition in their quads. Um it's, it's simply to do with um well say with quads I mean the bigger the muscles are the more the more you're going to show when you lean down with abs some people have them already some people don't you can do specific ab exercises but unless you have got your nutrition pretty much dialed in you're not going to see your full six pack unless you are naturally of that kind of body type I suppose uh, where you you carry a little less fat along across your midsection. So um, in terms of them feeling sore, I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, our major exercises that we've got in there, they all work your core. Um, so, I mean, you, you can do specific ab exercises and we do have them, but it really isn't going to make or break the, the visual of your abs. Um, that is just for you, it might just mean getting super lean, and when when you're talking about our challenges whose abs are popping, I wonder if you are if you're talking about their final photos. Don't forget that that's that's a photo for a day. So often when I um, talk to you know the top tens, and I'm sure sure that you're the same, Coach Steve. But as women, we like to to have a bit of a chat. And some people will say, "No, I don't look exactly like that anymore." Or some people. Stay like that, and it just means that they stay at at their maintenance for that specific body fat level, which may be a bit painful. It really depends on who you are. It sounds like a Backstreet Boys song. I don't care who you are. (laughs) (laughs) It really, um, yeah, your abs will pop as long as you eat well
0: (laughs) i know i like that i like that yeah look it's the same you know just change the word abs to let's say quads Mm. you you see someone who's really lean they flex their quads and you can see all the different parts of the quads you can Mm. see the quads means four quad four quadriceps four heads um you can't really see like four heads on the quadriceps because one's like deep underneath but like you know when you see someone who's lean and they flex their their thighs, you could see, you know, the different muscles pop up, right? Hmm. Look at a bodybuilder, you see them all pop up. Um, And yeah, okay, you need to have some quadricep muscle there, sure. But you can also see the quadricep separation on someone who is really skinny, who might have really small quadricep muscles, but they're really lean, you know, kind of almost like a like a sultana, like there's no um, nothing in in between the muscle and the skin. So of course, you can see the definition of that. And that's the same example with the abs, right? To Vis- visibly see the abs if you're lean enough lean enough you will see some type of musculature there regardless of the size okay um you're right Nick uh some people genetically uh you know you you might find that you'll get quad separation really early in your dieting phase you might still have a bit of body fat but you get some good separation great and then on the flip side you might find that you get some um you know, visible abs really early in the dieting phase before the rest of your body has caught up. Again, a bit of genetics. My 10 cents around uh, DOMS in the abs is to treat the abdominal muscles like the rectus abdominis, like the six-pack muscle, like any other muscle. And we know that muscles um, are stimulated really well when we take them into a lengthened position, a stretch position, and then a fully contracted position. Now, the problem with most uh people's approach to ab exercises is that we kind of forget and miss out on that idea of trying to stretch the abs and then trying to fully contract the abs. And you think about the abs coming from the bottom of the rib cage to the top of the pelvis. Now if you watch anybody in, in any commercial gym try to train their abs, they try to do maybe sit-ups where they're maybe just lifting the shoulders off The floor where there's no um, shortening of the space between the ribs and the hips. Um, Or they're trying to do a leg raise where again, like the midsection isn't moving at all. It's all coming from the hip joint. So they're training like the hip flexors more than the abs. Um, So uh, my challenge to anybody listening to this is if you want to feel ab DOMs, DOMs in your abs, try an exercise where you completely stretch your abs out maybe you need to um you know roll up a a towel or a pillow or an ab mat where you're laying on your back and really stretch out your abs and then fully contract your abs right and you'll find that just doing a few repetitions of full range stretch and compression of the the abdominal muscles lengthening and shortening of the abdominal muscles you'll feel a cramp very quickly and you'll feel doms the next day um because many of us just don't stretch and contract and and contract that muscle True. Now, Nick, final question here comes from Joe. Joe asks, hey everyone, what's the general consensus on lifting belts? I've never, I've not ever used one. I would consider myself to be a lifter of moderate experience and have always had the opinion if I keep good form and don't overdo myself, I really don't need, I really have no need for one. But as my deadlift increases i wonder if i should be using one or if it's really not necessary i understand this is likely a personal preference topic for those of you who use them do you use it on every deadlift out of habit or is it something you put on for heavy lifts you know one rep maxes etc any and all input appreciated as always thanks Whew, nick mm. lifting belts mm. how good Let's uh let's have a very shallow deep dive. There you go, oxymoron for you. Um, on lifting belts, if you need one. Now, firstly, we just need to dispel any um myths or um ideas around belts. Um, so just so we we know what we're talking about here. So, firstly, a lifting belt comes in a range of different sizes. You know, we have ones that are very specific to let's say powerlifters that are really thick and stiff, and some that are specific more for um like bodybuilders, some more specific for Olympic weightlifters that are a little bit thinner to allow for more movements. So they they all come in different shapes and sizes. The main purpose of a lifting belt is to help create intra-abdominal pressure. So if you went like this, and try to brace your midsection, like you're pushing against something, um, probably something that we have done in our life when we're trying to go to the toilet, right? We're creating that intra-abdominal pressure. Um, That can help to create stability in our trunk and when we're more stable, we can produce more force. And an example of this is, you know, you go into a leg press where you're stable and you push, you can produce a lot of force. You can push, you know, two, 300 kilos on a leg press. But if you um, went to do something like a squat, or maybe like a split squat, where you're a little bit uh, less stable, more imbalanced, you may find that you might not be able to lift as much. And even your body weight might be challenging. So it's the same idea where we're trying to use a tool like a belt to create intra-abdominal pressure so we can produce more force. Now a belt can, here's a quick list, a belt can one, improve confidence. You put on your belt, great, you feel good, I've got confidence, okay I'm going to go lift this thing. So that can be one thing a belt can do. Number two, increase abdominal pressure of course. Number three, I'm I'm just reading out a very brief list here. Number three is it can increase Force and power production. So when you put a belt on, because you're able to brace more, you can create more force and more velocity, more speed of movement, which might mean that you can actually lift more. So I know anecdotally, Nick, you probably experienced this too. When I put a belt, when I am warming up, I might not wear a belt. Uh, maybe you know, seventy kilos on a bar, do a squat. Okay, it's a little bit challenging. Two, 25 plates on the side, one hundred twenty kilos. Do do a squat. Okay, a little bit challenging add a little bit more weight up to you know, 150, 160, put a belt on. It's almost easier than without the belt because I have a little bit of something I can push again. I can create more force, okay? Um, next, it can uh, reduce the effort required on some lists. So if I'm gonna go squat 120 kilos, no belt versus 160 kilos with a belt, it's actually less effort to squat with a belt because I'm able to create more force. So I could probably train with a little bit of a higher intensity by using that belt. And then finally, a belt can uh, provide an external feedback or a cue. So if placed in the right position, like I wear a belt when I bench press. So the belt actually kind of digs into my uh, like middle back a little bit. So that helps to create an arch so I can push against the belt to help me hold my arch shape. So a belt can create uh, external cues, something to push against and some feedback. So it can help in a few areas. I use it um, quite often um, in my training specific to my sport in powerlifting where the goal is to produce as much force as I can. You can see um, bodybuilders use a belt because they're using it as a tool to create pressure, intra-abdominal pressure, and they might wear that belt for a lot of their exercises from bicep curls to chest presses, overhead presses, of course, squats and deadlifts, but they might use that to create stability so that they can create more force and that more force applied to the muscle can lead to more stimulus. So for that advanced type lifter of majority of sports, utilizing a tool like a belt can be helpful to you know take it to the next level, right? Because if you completely abstained and, and not use tools like belts, same as you didn't use tools like straps or chalk or any other tools, um, you might be missing out on potential gains, okay? Now, at the end of the day, it is a preference. Um, If you don't wanna use it, you don't have to, no no dramas. If you wanna dabble in them, you can dabble in them. Um, And quickly, I wanna go through a list of things that the belt doesn't do, okay? So misconceptions around the belt. So firstly, the belt doesn't create, you know, a dependency. Like if you wear a belt, um, it's not like you can't Exercise without the belt moving forward, right? Like me through just practice, I might warm up a couple of sets without the belt and I slowly add on my equipment, like you know, wrist wraps and and my knee sleeves and a lifting belt. And then as I kind of go into the higher effort activities, I, I put my belt on. So I'm not dependent on the squat. I still can complete a squat. Um, and wearing a belt won't magically fix an execution problem, right? If you have a uh inefficient squat pattern like your balance is out of whack or your range of motion is shoddy or your um you don't have the mobility to do a squat uh wearing a belt won't solve those issues okay um wearing a belt doesn't you know weaken your core or turn muscles off if anything you know wearing a belt will actually result in more um abdominal engagement right so because you're pushing against something, you may find that you know you actually have doms in your abs because of how much bracing you're doing because you're pushing against this belt. So it doesn't turn anything off. Um, it doesn't weaken any muscles or anything like that. The big one here is that uh, wearing a belt Um, isn't like a safety net you know it isn't like you're going to go to a deadlift and oh uh, I'm going heavy now I should put on a belt to protect my back or I should put on a belt because if I don't wear a belt I'm going to injure myself and that's just nonsense right Um, you know wearing a belt isn't a magical cure it's not like a band-aid solution it's not going to solve problems and it's not going to reduce the risk of injury injury can occur um, you know for a range of reasons specifically when um, we're in higher load activities. So if you are choosing to go heavier or you are choosing to do one rep maxes, that's the trade-off is that it is a higher risk of things happening when you are doing these activities and wearing a belt isn't gonna magically protect you. So there is that saying in the industry of that you need to earn the right to wear a belt, like you need to have some sort of experience and to have some sort of um, proficiency in execution of the activity before you choose to wear a belt. Um, because it's not gonna magically solve our problems. We do need to have a foundation. So my advice to anybody is, you know, if you are in that intermediate to advanced category, dabble in it, give it a go. You know, Maybe there's a, there's a belt at your gym. I know I've been to gyms where there are just old belts just hanging there. Wear one, see what it's like. You may find that you need to learn how to use it, where to place it, what feels comfortable to you, how to brace with it, how tight you want it these are all different um, variables to experiment with and of course different coaches are going to recommend different things my thing is that there's you know no one right or wrong way to wear it of course there's probably a wrong way is if you wear it like as a you know a hipster belt down the <laughs> down, down your pants right um, probably not the right way to wear a belt it should be tight it should be almost uncomfortable to wear it's probably not something you want to walk into the gym put it on and then take it off as you're leaving it's something that you want to put on maybe Fasten it tight for that set, and then you almost need to take it off in between sets because it's just tight. Okay, so it's not something that you um, want to be walking into the the change room, put it on, and then um, you don't take it off until you hop into your car and drive home from the gym. So it is something that um, you know we need to learn how to use. It can take time to learn how to use it effectively, and it's taken me years to learn how to use it effectively so that I can um, it, it can amplify my training. So remember, it's a tool. It can be useful. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to a personal preference. And I would say that, you know, different brands, a quick comment on that, they're all a much-a-muchness. You know, if you want to dabble in one, find one that's on sale or use one in a gym. So, Nick,
1: lifting belts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've got certain little rules for myself that I've just made up where I'll have I'll use my belt when I get to certain weights. And, um, you know, I'll warm up similar to you without anything raw dog and then take it from there. But yeah. um, since I've learned to use my belt, I can really appreciate what, what it does mm-hmm. and how it helps me in, in the heavier ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely a tool, definitely a tool and definitely something we should dabble with. Yeah. Nick, let's wrap it up there for episode 106 of the Challenge Weekly Show. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. And we'll catch you next week for episode 107.
1: Yay! See you guys.
0: Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend.
1: Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.